Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. All right. Well, welcome today to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Babies Tennessee podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative of Perinatal Quality Care. My name is Brenda Barker, and I'm the Executive Director for TIPQC, and today I'm very fortunate to have Emma Moreland from Spinning Babies join us. She's been with us all day for a Spinning Babies workshop in Nashville, and she's agreed to join us for today's podcast. Thank you for joining us, Emma. You're so welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Well, Emma Moreland lives in Southern California. I know she has five children. She is a certified professional midwife and a spinning babies aware practitioner instructor. She attends out of hospital births and offers pregnancy body work. Emma, tell us how you decided on this career path. What brought you to being a midwife and working with spinning babies? So actually what brought me to midwifery as well as spinning babies was the birth of my babies, I guess is the most simplest way to put it. And in particular, the birth of my youngest baby. I had been introduced to some of the spinning babies positioning with my last, with my third and fourth baby, but it was the birth of my fifth baby where I actually searched for how could I get my baby to engage and found the spinning babies website. And so at that time, I wasn't in birth work at all. And that birthing experience really shifted the way that I saw the need for more out-of-hospital providers, especially for Black women such as myself, as well as the need for bringing physiology and positioning into the birthing spaces. So when I started my path to midwifery, one of the first people that I came into contact with was the person who became not only my preceptor for midwifery, but also a local spinning babies trainer. And her name is Nicole Morales. And so as soon as I decided I was gonna start midwifery, I found spinning, I found my first spinning babies class and I decided that that was gonna be the kind of midwife that I wanted to be, was someone who incorporated these techniques with the people that I was serving. And so I showed up and I um, kept showing up. I kept showing up with Nicole and her practice, and she invited me in as her apprentice when I started. And the beautiful thing about the way that Nicole incorporates body work into her prenatal care was kind of how I kind of how I came into relationship, not only with body work, but also fully integrating it with prenatal care. So I was able to learn some of the body work techniques. I was able to apprentice with her at her spinning babies workshops as well because she was a trainer. And so I would go with her to all her workshops and help and assist at those workshops and learn as much as I can about spinning babies and about some of the principles of spinning babies. 
Uh, we're so glad that that did lead you here. Tell us what is spinning babies, background, uh, your reach, the evidence for this. What What is a spinning babies? So I think spinning babies is a major misnomer because a lot of the times when I when I encounter someone who is being introduced to spinning babies for the first time, they think that we're actually like doing what we would call an external cephalic version or an ECV, and we're actually putting our hands on a baby and spinning the baby that way. But, baby calisthenics. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually not that way. Spinning babies, when, it, when we talk about spinning, we're talking about the way that a baby is able to rotate and descend through the pelvis, okay? And it comes from, it was birthed from a home birth midwife that was attending births in the 80s and 90s. Her name is Gail Tully. And she started to try to look into what was causing the labors in that time to become more longer. Why was she seeing more posterior babies? And so she set out to find out what was it about maternal positioning? What was it about our posture that was impacting birth? And so a lot of the things that she found, you know, of course, they weren't new. They weren't new positions. But she put them together in a systemized way that incorporated adding balance to the body before we started to work with different positions and with gravity and with movement to help these babies be born. And the beautiful thing about spinning babies, we have trainers that are literally spread out all around the world. We have, I think there's a total of 15 of us. And we have some, we have several here in the United States, but we also have some in Israel and one in Israel and one in Italy and a couple in Australia, one in New Zealand, one in Brazil. So we have a really global reach, which I love because there's so many places that are that are lacking in certain ways here in our country, but also in other countries around the world that honestly, if we could just incorporate balance before we try to have these other interventions, we can really facilitate easier births. And people have been attending birth since the beginning of time. So as far as like the evidence is concerned, we can see the evidence in the fact that babies are continuing to be born, even when we don't do anything at all. And a lot of the times, the positioning that we see the birthing person put themselves in and following their intuition and their body leads to easier births when they're able to listen to their bodies. And so it's like, that's the evidence that we have is the fact that we are seeing this change happening. And um, I know that Gail's main goal is to change birth on earth. And I really feel like she's really accomplishing that with spinning babies. Well, what are some of the components of the seven hour training? You just finished one here in Nashville. We hope to offer more this summer, but what is involved in that training? So I will say that Spinning Babies offers this one-day training for seven hours, but we also have the same information offered in a two-day course as well. And what we talk about in this one-day training is we talk about the paradigm or perspective of Spinning Babies, some of the principles like balance, gravity, and movement, but starting with balance, physiology before force. In this training, we go over some of the anatomy that impacts birth as well as fetal positioning. We talk about the three balances and why and when to use them. We go over pelvic level solutions. 
So positionings that impact the inlet of the pelvis at the top, as well as the mid pelvis, which is in the middle, obviously, and then the outlet at the bottom. And so the, the hope and the goal was to give targeted solutions for each level of the pelvis so that we're creating space in these diameters of the pelvis to allow baby to be able to rotate and descend, as well as balancing the soft tissues, because that's what's going to really impact the way the baby is able to rotate and also the way that baby's body and head is able to be positioned during that process. So that's kind of what we talk about all day. And the difference between this one-day course and what a two-day course might look like is that we have, it's the same information, but the pacing is a lot slower. So we pack a lot of information into one day, but with a two-day training, we're able to kind of pace ourselves and give more time to integrate the information. We have more time to practice some of the techniques and get really good with hands-on and really good with embodiment as well, because I feel as though if you are able to embody these positions, then you're able to kind of understand what's actually happening in the body of the pregnant person when you're doing these techniques as well. You stress informed consent as embodied consent, especially once you touch the pregnant person. Tell us more about that. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I strongly believe that consent is not something that happens just once. It's, It's a fluid concept. And it also, I think because we have such weird relationships with authority figures, I feel as though sometimes we say yes because we feel like we need to say yes, and we don't really check in with what our body is really saying. So one of the things that I incorporate in my classes is to make sure that the people who are participating actually want to participate. Because when we do our spinning babies techniques, we want to make sure that we are setting our intent on consent. And what that person feels in their body as a strong yes or a strong no, we're going to honor that. And so, of course, in a lot of birthing settings, we think that we're providing informed consent by just telling people, well, you can either do this or you can do that. But we really don't set our intention on making sure that that person is really feeling like they should do something or really feeling like they shouldn't. And so for me, embodied consent or feeling that yes and feeling that no in your body is what is going to help us to move forward as the person who's a practitioner or, you know, when I'm working with clients, I'm going to try to make sure that the person feels safe in my care. And I know that people aren't going to feel safe if I just go in and do what I want to their bodies without asking permission first. And so I'm definitely always thinking about like tracking this person's nervous system, because honestly, if the person is feeling tense because they feel unsafe, then all of the balancing and all of the techniques and positions, they go out the window because now this person has tension in their tissues because they don't feel safe. And if we're trying to soften and stretch, you need to be able to and be able to relax and feel into our bodies. And that's where consent lives, just like that's where trauma lives. So embodiment is super important. You gave an analogy today of visiting someone. (laughs) Tell us about that. So 
for me, especially when we're talking about the jiggle, but really this goes with all forms of touch. I always think about how we're coming into relationship with another person's body. And I liken it to the way that you would go to someone's house. You go to their house, hopefully you let them know you're coming first, but you go to their house and you knock on their door, right? And first of all, you don't just walk in, you wait for them to answer, you wait for them to invite you in before you go in. And then when you get there, you're not just gonna go in and rearrange someone's furniture, right? You're gonna move in the flow of how that person's house is already set up. And then when you're leaving that person's house, hopefully it's in an amicable way and you're able to say goodbye to the person before you just leave. And that's the way that I incorporate touch. So I'm always going to ask permission verbally. And when I touch someone, I'm going to give, I'm going to make sure that I'm tracking their body to see if their body is receiving my touch in a positive way. So are they able to kind of breathe in and relax with my touch? Or do I notice that they're getting more tense? So I'm looking for that invitation into their space. And then especially for the jiggle, you want to move in the flow that the tissues are already going. So I'm not going to go in and try to rearrange their furniture. I'm going to go in the flow of the way that their body is already moving. So I'm going to give a nice gentle jiggle, and I'm going to go in the direction that the tissues are going to go. I'm going to give a nice soft touch. I'm not going to be yelling across somebody's house. I'm going to be talking in a nice, calm way, right? And then as I am taking my hands away from the person, I'm not just going to pull my hands away real quick because, again, we're in contact with this person's body and their nervous system. So I, before I leave the house, quote unquote, I'll make sure that I give a nice closing touch, nice, not firm, but you know, grounded touch before, and I let them know, okay, I'm gonna let you go. And then I'll slowly take my hands away. And that's the way that we should be doing all touch. Because, again, we're trying to be able to pace and modulate our nervous system with the person's nervous system. So that's just how I come into relationship with that. Beautiful analogy and a beautiful way that you shared that. And I, I really agree that makes that touch so uh, real and authentic to what that person needs as well. So thank you for that. You also talked about the three balances. What mm. is that? How can we incorporate that? So with spinning babies, we have our three principles of balance, gravity, movement. And we're going to start by introducing balance before we start thinking about different positions and techniques. So our doorway of balance comes from our three balances. And of course, these aren't the only ways to balance the body, but the three balances of spinning babies are working on the local anatomy that we're actually coming into contact with and as well as the global anatomy, like the way that our fascia and our um, muscles and our bones are connected to one another. So with the three balances, we have the jiggle, which is a really soft oscillation or vibration of the tissues with the hand. Um, and we tend to do it on the thigh or on the bum or at different points, like at the sacrum or at the sit bone. And it's just a really gentle, light vibration that speaks to the fascia and how, and we're trying to help that person sink into their parasympathetic nervous system to be able to relax, right? And then we will do the forward leaning inversion. And the forward leaning inversion is a 
technique where the person is going upside down to try to help stretch the ligaments in the lower uterine segment so that baby is able to, first of all, find that space at the bottom where we want that baby's head to be, as well as allow the tissues of the, of the pelvic floor and those ligaments to be lengthened and stretched so that a baby is able to rotate and descend through the pelvis. So that's the forward leaning version. And then you have the sideline release. And the sideline release is a static stretch, a passive stretch, that works on the muscles that are in the back of the body, in the posterior. So we're talking about the glutes, the hamstrings, and the calves, right? And the lower back, the muscles that are attached to the lower back of the spine, as well as the muscles that are within the pelvis, so our pelvic floor, our pelvic diaphragm. And by doing this static stretch, this passive stretch, we're going to bring more length and suppleness to all of those muscles that I just named. And that's going to help the baby rotate through the pelvis or even find the right position for them in this person's body and be able to descend, especially during labor or and rotate and descend during labor. The last two of those balances, the forward leaning inversion and the sideline release were brought to us by a chiropractor and doula craniosacral therapist in Minnesota. Her name is Carol Phillips. And in her dynamic body balancing, she has the forward-leaning inversion and the sideline release. And then the jiggle was brought to us by Jenny Blythe, who is a midwife and spinning babies trainer in Australia, who has been doing some osteopathic gentle techniques to kind of help bring balance to the body as well. And so she introduced us to what she called before the bum jiggle. Mm, fabulous. Well, I saw you do those today and it was very impressive. What information can you share with pregnant people that might be listening today? I would definitely say that you, one of the things that really impacted me today was we had a pregnant model and she had never felt her baby before, like really touched and felt and kind of tried to figure out where her baby was positioned. She had never felt her baby's head. 35 weeks. At 35 weeks with her third baby. And that was shocking to me because we have, me as a midwife, we have nurses in the hospital, obstetricians. There's this assumption that we have this authority and this authoritative knowledge about what's going on in the body. And the thing is that we, we know a lot. Of course, we learn a lot about the anatomy and the physiology of birth. I mean, the the expert on your body as a pregnant person is you. The expert on your baby's position is not your doctor. It's not your midwife. It's not your nurse. It's you, pregnant person. And the way that you're able to come into relationship with your baby in your room and to be able to understand their position, to know that your baby is not stubborn or tricky or a trickster, but your baby is in your body in the space that is made available to them. So we're not like shaming the baby. We're not shaming the body. We're going to bring validation. This baby is going to move to where there's space. But also, and what I see a lot of with people who come to me for body work is they say, well, my midwife told me my baby's head was down. But now all of a sudden at 36 weeks, my baby's head is up. And I'm like, well, how do you know that your baby's head is up? When do you think that your baby turned? 
And a lot of them will say that I feel like my baby was, has been head up all this, all this time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always felt this lump right under my rib, or I've always felt kicks kind of lower. But my midwife told me, or my OB told me that my baby was head down and I believed them. But that pregnant person knew what that baby's position was before anybody else ever tried to tell them. And so for me, I'm like, how can we validate you as a pregnant person and your experience within your body and with your baby and let you be the authoritative knowledge of your own body and to let you know that you have that power, you have that control, even though it might not seem like it. And you have some resources for parents and uh, tell us what's available if you're listening today and you just want to know more about spinning babies. So of course there's a lot of information on the website on spinning at spinningbabies.com. It'll talk about some of the daily activities and rest smart positions that you can do during pregnancy as well as going over the balances that hopefully you can incorporate during pregnancy as well as it'll give you some indications and some tools to use for labor for yourself if you're like me and you're searching in labor. So that information is also available. On the website, you can find a a Spinning Baby Certified Parent Educator if you're interested in taking childbirth education classes, which I highly encourage to kind of, and that person will kind of explain a lot about the three balances, go in depth, demonstrate how you can do them with your partner or with your support person at home. And then if you can find a Spinning Babies Aware Practitioner in your area, there's also, there's a directory for the parent educator as well as the Aware Practitioner on the website. So you can search and find Aware Practitioner in your area, hopefully, if you need that resource and you need more tools for balancing or if your baby is breached or oblique or if you're having pain in pregnancy, because pain may be common, but it's not normal. So if you can have that resource and reach out for help, the Spinning Baby Aware Practitioner listing is a really great resource too. Super. That's really helpful. So for a final question then, Emma, if you had a gigantic billboard and you've driven from California to Texas to Alabama to Nashville, what would that billboard say along the way? What would you want One billboard, what would be your message? One billboard that I would say, I think is my my slogan for throughout the day today, is to always set your intent on consent in any setting, any place, with your partner, with your kids, with with anybody you come into contact, but especially in the birthing space, is to set your intent on consent. So that's my billboard. Fabulous. Fabulous training today. I know the folks that came today learned so much, such great comments, and your demeanor was so wonderful with our our pregnant woman. So we hope that anybody listening today would reach out for more information, and we'll have that available in our show notes afterwards. But I do just want to thank you for your time and for joining us, and to all the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Healthy Mom. Healthy baby, Tennessee. Thanks, Emma. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, Tennessee, presented by TipQC. TipQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. 
Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.